0: Welcome to the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast, featuring Christian entrepreneurs to inspire and empower Christian business owners to walk strongly in their faith while building a thriving business that honors him in every way. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast, brought to you by the Influence the business building community for coaches and consultants who want to make a much bigger impact with their message. And yes, I'm your host, Anne Marie Cross. Now, my guest today says it makes her heart sing when she sees her people making purposeful change in their lives. And joining me on today's show is Estelle Kelly. Estelle, she's a retirement life coach who assists people struggling with the uncertainties of navigating retirement. And she works with nurturing professionals aged 55 years plus who are not really sure what the next stage of life is for them, particularly with educators, health workers, and social workers. Now, when it comes to planning a fulfilling life ahead for themselves, they are a little overwhelmed by the very thought of what is next for them? They have successfully worked a few decades in their profession and they're thinking about retirement, but something is holding them back. Now on today's show, Estelle's going to share that knowledge is never a burden. She's going to speak about learning to listen to others, as well as why loyalty can be a detriment as well as a benefit. So let's introduce Estelle. Welcome to the show, Estelle. Hello, Anne-Marie. Thank you for having me on your show. Oh, I'm so excited to talk about you because, and the work that you do because, yes, this is an area that many people who are coming up to retirement can struggle with. And I know that this is an area that you love to support people in. Share a little bit, if you would, about your journey to becoming a retirement life coach. What led you down that path?
1: Look, it's uh, been a, a meandering <laughs> journey, Anne-Marie. I've been on the uh, fringes of life coaching for quite some time, and but I, I've just loved it. I did a counselling training and a life coaching training, and I decided that life coaching was far more positive and forward-looking than counselling. They both have their place in um, other people's lives, but for me, Life coaching was the way forward because it is so solution focused and uh, we keep looking ahead. We, Mm. We have to spend a little bit of time looking behind sometimes, but not very often with life coaching.
0: Yes, I love that. And then, of course, you then specialised even further in the area of supporting people looking forward when it comes to retirement, and particularly working, as we mentioned in the introduction, with educators, health workers and social workers. Why in the area of retirement and why educators, health workers and social workers, Estelle?
1: Firstly, um, retirement can be uh, sprung upon us unexpectedly, Uh, We all, when we're working full time in our professions, we think we look forward to retirement and we uh, sort of have a bit of a plan in our head and then uh, unexpected things happen. We might be made redundant. We might have a health issue that prevents us from continuing to work or there might be a a change in your family circumstances um, that really impacts you. Retirement is a tricky time in life because no, none of us know the future ahead. And retirement is actually in the top 10 on the Rahim stress scale of life events. That's it. Most people think, oh, retirement, that's going to be a real breeze. I'm going to really enjoy that. Yes. Um, and most people do. Um But for some people, there's just this little um, hesitation. Uh, You know, they're a bit too scared to jump out of that full-time professional role because they're not quite sure what's going to fill all those hours that they may have spent at work. Uh, Usually the number one thing is, do I have enough money to retire? That causes a lot of anxiety for people. Yeah, sometimes we just need a little bit of a helping hand along the way.
0: Yes. One of the things that um, I know, and and you've mentioned this in in, uh, conversations that we've had too, and I I think this is something that may be very much aligned with one of the areas that people struggle with in retirement is when I leave that full-time role, what's my identity? Because I'm no longer a this or a that. Speak a little bit about that because I'm sure that often comes up in conversations with clients.
1: Yes, it certainly does, Um, and especially for the the people that I focus on, the educators, the social workers, the um, health workers, because they're in what I call the nurturing professions. Those people spend a lot of time looking after others and um, they tend not to put aside time to look after themselves and to think ahead for themselves and plan What's the next stage for me? This, this can cause a bit more stress for them. Uh, if I'm not a teacher, if I'm not a nurse, if I'm not a social worker, what am I going to be? It, even for people out of nurturing professions, it's, it's a bit of a conundrum. And you're right. It is a question of identity. It's something I don't think you can take off your teacher or your nurse hat and then put on your retirement hat. Um, the next day, though some people do try to do that, um, it's a bit of a journey, a bit of a transition from one identity to the next identity. Um, yes. and, and people, um, you know, a, as we get older, we tend to become uh, other needs come into our personal lives, like we might become grandparents, and then we have to stop and think, well... How do I want to be a grandparent? Um, What sort of legacy do I want to leave for my grandchildren? Or you might think, I don't want to fully retire. I just want to, um, I still want to work and give back to society, but I'm not quite sure how I go about that or what is it that I, I am meant to be doing for the next stage in my life?
0: Yeah, it sounds uh, like when you say the word or give the word a definition, if you will, retirement can end up looking very different for people and what it means to them. As you say, some people may not, and I know that you've had conversations with some people that I'm never gonna give up work fully. There's mm-hmm. always going to be something and that's fine. It's like almost like a you know portfolio career, if you will. You've got a number of different involvements. Well, in retirement, you've got a number of different involvements too. Some may still be in, in paid work, but not necessarily full time. And I would imagine being that you work particularly With those educators, health workers, and social workers, those nurturing professionals, they're in those roles because they care. They want to support people. That That is very much part of that identity. So as soon as you may close a door in one chapter of your life with working with an organisation or institution, doesn't mean that you suddenly switch that off. You very much that becomes part of that. But let's talk about knowledge is never a burden. And I would imagine that in some instances,
1: it can be a burden. So let's unpack this a little bit. Uh, this is part of my upbringing, Anne-Marie. I, I have very wise parents um, and I, I consider myself fortunate to have had the parents that I did have. Um, and it was especially my mother, she uh, taught myself and my siblings that knowledge is never a burden. Um, and that has become, uh, that's taken up a large part of my personal life is that I became a teacher, an educator myself, and I've, I've been an educator all my life. It's amazing sometimes the difference that a little bit of knowledge makes to a person. You know, people talk about following a particular path and then they're not quite sure which way to go. Should they turn left? Should they turn right? And it's that extra little bit of knowledge that can sometimes make the difference as to which path they choose for themselves is it the left path or the right path yes. so um the uh yeah and i I suppose my mother taught me that uh when you stop trying to learn it it means you're all, you're almost out of life altogether so that's been a a, a huge influence on on me and I loved loved it when I was um, an educator in the traditional classroom myself. Those children are just naturally curious and they love to learn. And as an adult, um, assisting other people to learn more about um, the pathway for their own life, um, yeah, it just makes my heart sing when I see that they've learned a little bit more about themselves and a little bit more about life and situation around them and they're managing it in a different way. They're living their life slightly differently that's progressing them forwards. Yes. I mean, being that you have had uh,
0: experience and training in counselling as well as coaching, and I know you're very... Um, you're learning, I mean, you, you walk that talk, you're forever learning new things. And I know within that coaching space as, as well, one of the greatest gifts that I believe anyone can give themselves is to have a deeper understanding of themselves. What makes me tick? Why do I tend to make choices that way rather than another way? And the reason is is because sometimes what we can do as individuals is place expectations on ourselves which just doesn't, it's not just not going to impact us the way that it may someone else. And I think as nurturing professionals, one of the things that we often do, and you said this before, is we put others' needs above our own, but there comes a time Mm -hmm. where we need to understand, hang on a minute, I have to take some time out because if we continue to give, 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 which is the natural propensity of nurturing in the caring profession and they don't take back an, an opportunity to reset and re, you know, restore their own energy, they can get to a stage where they're not, you know, they're, they're just exhausted and mm-hmm. when you're exhausted as a nurturing professional or, or a carer, it's very difficult to give to others. Speak a little bit about that because, sometimes for many people, I'm sure, is getting to that stage where they are able to say, I'm going to give myself permission to spend some time on working on me. Mm.
1: me. That would be something that I'm sure you have to work with, yes? Yes. Um, when I talk to um, social workers, teachers, health workers, who have had decades of uh, professional life, um, some of them say, things like, oh, I'm just hanging out till the end of the year and then I can retire. And they talk about um, the fact that they are not necessarily uh, valued as they were when they were younger, that their ideas in their professional workspace are seen as a bit old hat and they see new ideas being brought forward, and they look at them and they say, inside their head, they say, "But we did that twenty years ago. That's just an, a similar thing um, with a new name. That's something I did. You know, uh, I tried that as a as a young professional, and it worked to some degree, but in other ways, it didn't work. So." I'm over this. You know, I'm tired of having to adapt to these new ideas in in my profession.
0: It's so true, isn't it? And there is a saying that says there's nothing new under the sun. Um, it it often can be rehashed. As you said, we'll put another new label on it and we'll call it innovation. Whereas, and you know what really saddens me when I hear you share that, uh, you know, some of the older generations still working in our workforces that may not um, be leveraged, if you will, not be sought upon to share their knowledge, because I believe there's a wealth and a depth, there's a richness of understanding that can only be developed through experience and years, because you cannot. Um, well, when they say it's you cannot, but to give you you a foresight and insight. If you base that on hindsight, often and what's happened in the past, can give you a richness that you just wouldn't. So, mm, yeah, I can yeah. see that that is um, that could be an area where there's some disappointment there, and I and not feeling of worthiness as that they are coming to the end of what you might say is is their careers, you know, and mm. or, or that particular opportunity, if you will. Mm. And one of the I, things that you you say is learning to listen to others, and I think that beautifully segues into into that because sometimes to be able to express and be heard we have to have the ability to be able to learn to
1: listen to others as well speak a little bit more about this Estelle um this is something that I have learned it was later in my life when I learned to listen (laughs) more attentively um and uh yeah and I discovered that you learn so much when you listen Um, and I also found that I, I didn't have to prove who I was uh, if I learnt to listen to other people. Um, yeah, and often there's a lot of discourse in the world purely because people don't listen to the other person in their conversation. Mm. Um, we tend to be very anxious to put forward our point of view uh, and uh, if, if we continue to listen, we learn so much more about the speaker's situation, about what they are really looking for in in any particular circumstance. And it's, um, and then as a coach, of course, it's my job is to ask the right question after I have listened to what they have to say. But, um, yeah, listening is very important. Um, and I confess, I find it very difficult <laughs> in social situations when people, uh, I, I observe people not listening <laughs> attentively mm. or giving the other, the, the speaker, the respect um, and by uh, staying silent and continuing to listen. Yes. but that's yeah. That's something I've learned to manage. <laughs> so it's yeah. not you know a problem. What I think when you do do that, there are
0: things that, and, and I mean, you're trained as, as a coach, obviously, and in, in the work is to to. You hear the saying, "Read between the lines." It's always a listening between the lines as well, between the words, if you will, because often mm. it's the unspoken communication that mm. listening attentively will allow you to when you you do ask that right question, um, that can give a deeper understanding and deeper meaning. And as you're sharing that, one of the things that I would imagine is, is true too when you're working with someone that has a lot of complexities with their their life and there's a lot of different pressures and things and as we know each of the professions that you work with which are the educators the health workers and social workers because of what's happened in the world every single one of them has been impacted you know, when you think of teachers mm-hmm. had to go and train online, I've got family who are teachers who have just retired on that cusp and they think, I'm glad I retired in 2019 because I don't know whether we would have been able to cope 2020 and delivering a lot of that online. Health workers, they're right at the forefront of what's going on and of course social workers are working with the impact of what's happening with families and in the community and and so forth you know and sometimes we we want to kind of layer issue over issue and 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 sort of taking that step back whereas as you say with listening taking that step back and unpacking so that it doesn't feel like this big weight can almost be you know at least a step forward to being able to start to look at Things individually, if I will, rather than a huge, complex mm. situation. Share a little bit about what you're seeing going on at the moment with, you know, kind of with educators, health workers, and of course social workers.
1: Yes, your your description is very apt, and Marie, um, I call it pivoting. Um, that's a very common phrase now, um, especially when you look at educators at all levels. They, one day they're teaching face to face and the next day they're back online. Um, And the teachers that I've spoken to, they've all said, oh, they just love it when they get back to classroom teaching face to face. Um, That sure, they can manage the technology and do the online learning for their students, but it's it's a bit of an added stress for them to make that quick adaptation. Um, to being back online Um, and yeah they they just love that um, that relationship that they have when their students are actually right in front of them and it's the same for the nurses you know well you can't nurse remotely can you if you've got a a good connection with your patient you are there with your bedside manner assisting them uh, supporting them not just from a medical point of view, but also from the the viewpoint of um, encouraging them to, um, you know, to get well, to get better. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Let's talk about loyalty being a detriment as well as a benefit. (laughs) What do you mean about that, Sel?
1: Yeah, um, it's a mixture of things for me. I suppose I realised it um, in my own life first. Uh, I'd had a a friend for a long time. And I found um, that uh, it became a draining sort of a relationship between the two of us. And so at one point I had to make a decision, um, do I want to continue this connection with this person or not? Um, So I decided, well, I won't be the one to make the phone call uh, for the next catch up. I'll just see what happens. And um, it, I did struggle with it, uh, but finally I realised that the connection with this particular person was just too draining and I didn't need that in my life. And it can be the same in business relationships. Um, you know, we struggle. I always believe in giving people second chances, third chances, uh, but, yes, for uh, we've got to... As a coach, we've got to decide, is this a client that is right for me, mm-hmm. uh, for my business? And um, even those uh, businesses that we interact with on the periphery of our main core business, mm-hmm. we've got to decide, you know, is is this, if I continue to have a connection and a relationship with this outside business, is this the right one for my particular business yeah so so yeah it's
0: a balancing act. Yeah, that's a fair. That's so such a fair comment that you've made because I mean, of course, this podcast is called the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast, and you're very much a woman of faith as well. You love the the Lord, you know. And often, as Christians, we believe that well, we have to get on with everyone. Well, of course, we're told that we need to love others as Christ loved mm-hmm. us. However, He didn't say, and you necessarily need to continue to walk closely in their journey, even if it does, you know, drain you from your energy you don't need to do that at all I mean obviously if it's a family member there's going to be some strong boundaries that you can put around yourself yeah. but there are things that you need to and it is talking about boundaries I'd love mm-hmm. for you to share a little bit more about boundaries if you would Estelle because it very much aligns with what we've been talking about before and I know as nurturing professionals educators health workers and social workers those people who are very much the nurturers Can often have leaky boundaries. What (laughs) would you call? Let's let's define firstly what's a boundary.
1: Mm, That's a good question, then, Marie. It's putting in place an expectation, an expectation for the other person and for yourself, Mm -hmm. so that when you enter into a a connection. that the other person has some idea of what they're going to come out with um, and you go into the connecting with them with a, a good idea of what you are expecting out of the relationship. Yes. It it's, can be very tricky to establish those boundaries and yes. that's what life's about a lot of the time, isn't it, is learning uh-huh. how to establish the boundaries. Yeah.
0: And and I love the way that you've defined that because a lot of times we're not clear on our boundaries. We haven't defined what that is. And, and, I love the way that you've said you know in some instances you can interact with certain types of people or be in circumstances which will can drain you from your energy and um and then there's other instances and you just suddenly disappeared Estelle so I'm
1: not sure if something's (laughs) going on with your camera Uh, We can still hear you I'll just continue to to looks like your camera is unplugged oh okay you can still hear me that's good I can
0: still hear you I don't know so Mm. I don't know whether you can fiddle there and, and see whether something might have unfolded. Yeah. Like. But anyway, um, we we'll continue on as if the, the show goes on, as you say. So it's clarifying those particular boundaries and then there's another thing that requires even more willpower, if you will, in maintaining them and standing up for them so that if you do put, it's like a barrier on time. There you go, back again. <laughs> if you put a boundary on, on time, yet you keep being asked to give more and more and more time,
1: mm-hmm. there needs
0: to be a skill learning or or, or a, a way that we can approach and have a conversation to say, you know, to put that into, but to share a little bit more about that because I'm sure this is something that you support your clients being that they're very much nurturing professionals.
1: How do we maintain those boundaries? Yes, you're right. Uh, they do struggle with it. Um, it's not just their nurturing um, uh, I- innate uh, instinct uh, that uh, sometimes makes those leaky boundaries. Um, it's competition within their workplace. Like I had a teacher ring me uh, a few weeks ago, um, very upset because a a student had thrown a shoe at her in her class and um, she sought support from her leadership team, which she received, and the leadership team said to her, now, go home, we'll look after your students, that's not a problem. But she just couldn't bring herself to leave the classroom and her her workplace um, until about two hours of staying there um, and making sure that the next class was organised, making sure that her students with those particular special needs were informed that she wouldn't be taking the next class. Um, yes, it, it just seemed so foreign to her to head for home when she was in a place of great need to look after herself, but she couldn't bring herself to do it until she had uh, attended to those other needs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so they, they really do struggle with those boundaries um yeah it's a bit of competition you know if you're looking for a promotion you don't want to be the first one to leave at the end of your shift or um, be seen to be in too much of a hurry to get home because you know something might come up while you in the first five minutes after you leave that uh Give, might give you an opportunity to look as if you really do care and you really do want this job and you really do want to go for the next promotion. So, yes, it, it is a struggle it for is. those nurturing. You know, I like the way
0: that, um, you know, it, just by speaking and, and often the first step forward is to expose it and, or to talk about it, to bring it out into the open mm-hmm it's very difficult for you to come up with a strategy on how can we move forward from that? And that's an area where you can certainly support people in. But firstly, we've got to bring awareness to it and then look at, well, what can we do to be able to support us in shifting that, in creating um, some mechanisms that that boundary is important? And I know that um, if you think about a nurturer, that you can empower others while you empower yourself, that's so important. And I'm sure mm-hmm. being a nurturing professional, profession yourself and being a nurturer, um, just as part of who you are, your characteristic, your approach, Estelle, you've come to learn to be able to do both, which I'm sure is one of the reasons why you love to support uh, other nurturing professionals. Share a little bit more about your work and how people can get in contact with you because yes, you help people transition to retirement, but being a retirement life coach, you're also able to help them navigate Um, so that when they do reach up and everyone's journey towards some form of retirement, whatever that means to you, there's some things that you need to get navigate and you do that so well with them. How can people find out more about what you do and uh, connect with you, Estelle?
1: Okay. You can find me at retirementlife.coach and um, on there you'll find some podcast uh, episodes that I've produced Uh, informing and educating people about retirement about the resources that you need uh, for a successful retirement Mm. it's uh, everybody knows what they are retiring from but not everybody uh, is aware of what they are retiring to and that's where the confusion and the uncertainty creeps in Um, so Oh, sorry, Anne Marie. I've just recap that uh, the last part of that question. Yes.
0: So retirement life dot coach, mm-hmm. and yes, mm-hmm. you've got um, beautiful podcast resources there, and you've got some tools that are incorporated mm-hmm. within that as well. Do you want to share a little bit more about
1: what that is? Yeah. Yes. Um, uh, this is to give clients an idea of where they are at uh, in their life. Um, there's a tool called the Wheel of Life and it looks at the different um, sections that our lives are made up of, whether it be our relationships, our finances, our time that we commit to work, the time that we want to put aside for recreation. So that's a, an easy tool that clients can um make an assessment of where they are at. And that tool is a jumping off point for our um, coaching sessions, our um, time together to work out uh, is there a gap in a big gap in um, a client's life that they do need to do a bit of work with. Mm. And the the other tool that's there at retirementlife.coach um, and mentioned in my podcast is the, uh, a little quiz, or oh, well, there's six sections to it um, about readiness for retirement. Um, some people find this really helpful because they can go through the quiz and uh, find out um, what's the, the part of their plan for their retirement that they need a little bit of uh, assistance and input for. As I said before, uh, most people think it's the money but that is not necessarily so. My um, uh, desire to retire is all about the non financial aspects of adjusting to the next stage in your life. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> things that you mentioned. Um, and I
0: love this saying, and it speaks beautifully into how I'm sure this quiz and checklist can be so beneficial. We are as strong as our weakest link. So mm-hmm. whilst you are maybe really strong in five of those different areas, there may be that last one that is the reason that's keeping you from progressing that, uh, you know, and no one wants to uh, feel that they're forced into something and just being able to speak with someone to help pack get clarity on what that is and then be able to move forward i think is so very important so retirementlife.coach great resources there you've got your own podcast and is your podcast the same name as the retirement life what's the
1: name of the podcast series is called desire to retire um then there's a little hook line desire to retire but something is holding you back Mm -hmm. so um that's for those people who, yeah, they know that they they want to move forward to the next stage of their life, but they're just not sure what it is or, or how you go about it.
0: And I think something that you mentioned earlier, and many people may be experiencing this now, there's uncertainty that's holding them back that has been caused by something that's not necessarily of their own volition, if you will, there's been many people that have had circumstances change because of you know their where they're working, their place of employment, redundancy. I, I think and being able to navigate through some of those more of those emotional things, um, which often is not really addressed, but so important, isn't it? So important, as mm. I'm sure you'd know that um, you know as individuals the things that happen in between here or here <laughs> and here uh, can often really keep us from moving forward with, um, yeah, with intention and clarity and certainty and confidence. I think it all really makes sense. So, look, Estelle, it's been wonderful to speak with you today. One of the things that I uh, often do at the end of this particular podcast is just to finish with a word of prayer. So may I do that yeah, for you? Yes,
1: sure. Let's yeah. pray.
0: Father God, thank you for the opportunity to speak with Estelle today and learn more about the work that she does, particularly helping those nurturing, caring professionals in transitioning to retirement with confidence, with clarity, uh, whatever retirement means for them. Father, we just want to continue to uphold Estelle and the work that she's doing. In prayer, we continue to bless uh, the work and the clients that she is working with because coming to that end of, uh, yeah, end of a career or whatever opportunity, when we're able to do that uh, and navigate through that well, um, not only are we saying goodbye or finishing to something, we're also far more able to focus and move confidently forward toward whatever that next stage in life is so just we ask that you continue to bless the work that she's doing we ask this in the precious name of Jesus amen
1: amen thank you Anne-Marie it's been
0: absolutely (laughs) lovely and really highly recommend that people go and listen to the podcast as well and i know that you've had this shared uh to you before by a number of people to say that when they listen you've got such a uh, a beautiful calmness in your voice just listening to that to you uh share that that's a a real thrill as well so thanks once again for coming on the show
1: my pleasure Anne marie thank you this
0: podcast is brought to you by the influence